0: And welcome to Gifts of the Weird. I'm Young Teard, your host, and this is the podcast for Inclusive heathenry. And with me I have two guys that I know very well and I'm working with in person, Josh W. and Josh B. I'm going backwards alphabetically. And they are both in the Navy and they are both Inclusive Heathens and they are doing a lot of great stuff aboard their commands, which is really super cool because when I was in the Navy we didn't have stuff like this, so it's really great to see... Uh, an expansion of uh, religious practices and that they are being able to get some some what they call lay leaders, which is a religious person that to lead a, a religious service there for heathenry. and also it's going on to Druidry and Wiccan and pagan and other things. so Josh and Josh, welcome to Gifts of the Weird.
1: Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah, thanks for hosting us and having us here.
0: Great. Now, we're bringing you guys on board to talk about just being heathens in the military. It's a really cool thing. We've got great organizations like Open Halls Project out there. We've also got Circle Sanctuary led by Selena Fox, and she's done a lot of great things to ensure that the military is progressing forward for pagan ideals and and recognition and making sure that uh, we get fair treatment religiously. so what I first want to start with is, how did you decide that heathenry was the practice for you or your religious experience? So Josh Bees, why don't we start with you this way?
2: All right, so originally I started out, I was kind of born and raised in the Church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints, or Mormon as most people know them as. But I always kind of had a hindrance to, kind of a reluctance to that faith. Just for me, it didn't, didn't click for some reason. So I ended up leaving that faith when i was about 25 26 years old kind of just kind of had a sat sit down with myself and just kind of hammered out what do i feel about this i don't feel at home this isn't right for me kind of deal so i led kind of an agnostic life for a little bit and i was constantly searching for what i felt was the path for me i thought something was out there kind of a more of a higher power if you will, or spiritual kind of destiny so to speak but I was having a hard time finding it, but at the same time, I was taking college classes, and almost at the time I needed it most, I took a world mythologies class, and through there, I was assigned a homework assignment to give a presentation on Norse mythology with a group of people, and that was week two of this six-week course, and I just completely fell in love with it, and throughout the rest of that course, every presentation we did, I was kind of Going for the Norse uh, mythology side of stuff, and even after the class ended, I just kept reading more and more articles, uh, more and more of the stories and myths and legends behind it all. Characters that you see uh, both historically and a lot of the gods and goddesses, and it just kind of became an obsession with me, and to where it really felt like I had a connection with it. And so, I did more Google researches to see if anybody still practiced that faith, because I had no idea at the time that anyone did, and. I found through there that people still do practice it and both of the negative and positive people who do practice it and through there I found the organization The Troth and I followed that and I've been a happy member since then. I've probably been he- I've been heathen for just over three years and I still feel like I'm just starting which I don't think I'll ever <laughs> end but I've loved it so far and there's been nothing in my life that's connected the way that heathenry has for me. As a fellow ex-Mormon or former Mormon, I kind of <laughs> felt
0: this. I understand your path because uh, that was kind of similar to mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, very
1: interesting. Josh W. Uh, so my follow is very similar, except I was raised Roman Catholic instead of Mormon. And same type of falling out with the church. Um, started reading the Bible, just stopped making sense to me. There was a lot of things I just couldn't. Compromise on, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I've always had a a general interest in world mythologies ever since the cartoon Hercules came out.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah.
1: So that got me into the the Greek and Roman mythologies. And I went into high school, and that's when I had my world mythology classes, actually senior year of high school. And that's why I learned about the Egyptians and the Norse gods and all that. And I just kept reading more and more about all these different mythologies and when I was around 21-22 years old I was still reading up on it using that app Brainscape and that brought up that people still follow the Norse gods and it's called Alcetru and that's like oh wow so that was like my starting point on what True is, what they believe in, like what is their moralistic teachings and the more and more I read it just clicked with our believed in the respect the honor just the way of life in general and like what Josh said like just reading the sagas and the legends and all that is just it's all incredible
0: all right wow world mythology class <laughs> stay in school kids it, it yep. actually helps so <laughs> yeah. lots to still learn yeah wow yeah when I was growing up I I didn't come through world mythology class. I used to read comic books and so uh, Wonder Woman and <laughs> Thor and all that. And I always thought kind of like what your question was, Josh, was do people still practice this, or wouldn't it be really cool if people still worship the gods and still wanted to connect with Athena or Artemis or Odin, you know, and all of that. And lo and behold, there was still and are still people that do that. And now we're now I'm among them. Yeah. So you're both in the Navy. Yes. That's got it. I was in the Navy as well, so we have a lot in common. And definitely, as I mentioned to you earlier, where we were chatting out, that um, when I was in the Navy, religious services were Christian, Catholic, and possibly Jewish, depending on if we had person on board that required it or needed it. So, But mostly it was Christian, and, uh, Christian mostly Baptist or Pentecostal or something like that, and, and Catholic. So this is really cool to see to hear your experiences and to be a part of the experience with you to support you and be there as your friend. And whenever you finally go out on deployment, how I can, Mm -hmm. you know, send you stuff or or do that. But it's great to see that as people are are coming to this, these other faiths and stuff that the Navy and the military in general is coming to terms and allowing for some some services for that. And a big part of that again is from Selena Fox. She's really been a big part of making that happen. It's been amazing. So I want to talk about your guys's experiences on board the ship, or aboard your commands, if you're not fully detached to a ship, when you before you decided to become a leader of a, of a service, and we'll ask you about why you decided you want to do that. What was it like as having this alternative faith and maybe not seeing a lot of support for it or trying to find other folks in your commands that maybe also practiced that way. I mean, is there like a secret code or you wore your hammers on the outside of your shirt whenever you could, or, you know, uh, what kind of things, how did you find other folks of a
2: like-mindedness? Um, I would say with mine, it was a lot of books that I just kind of have open. Uh, I like to read. I take a lot of books with me on underways and deployments. Uh, so Usually through reading that, heathen True books often have a nice, cool cover that catches people's eyes, so a lot of that, I'll just read a book. People ask me what I'm reading, and it's just kind of a, an explanation of what I'm reading there. I do wear my hammer every single day on the ship, but when I'm in uniform, I was told at my command we have to keep it under our undershirt, mm-hmm. so it's not usually readily out, unless I'm in my birthing, getting ready for bed. Birthing's the sleeping area on the ship, in case people don't know Navy terminology. And I've had people ask me about my hammer or any other type of jewelry that i wear out in public people ask me and just through my reading material i've had people approach me asking me questions about also true and heathenry which led some to some great discussions another she just said she was kind of a general pagan so to speak and so she and i like to talk about our different experiences amongst Mm -hmm. our different pagan beliefs kind of stuff like there but through us it's a lot of the jewelry stuff and a lot of the books i'm not one to just go out there and tell people hey here's what i do and here's what i practice but i always tell people i welcome questions if you have you want to talk to me about anything i'm more than willing to talk to you and i have a lot of people that i work with we have A lot of people in my department and so once one person asks me a question they tell other people and they tell other people And now i don't think it's any secret of what my belief system is and so as soon as a new check-in comes in we've had a lot in the last month i get question after question from these new guys like hey tell me about really you know what you think about this or what are your beliefs on this that and the other tell me about it
0: yeah okay (laughs) that's cool Mm
1: -hmm. yeah um basically the same thing for me when i first started practicing heathenry i was actually stationed in japan where I think the Troth map shows there was about two other <laughs> heathens in the entire island of Japan. So I was okay with being a solitary heathen for a couple of years and then just walk around my ship, my command with my hammer out. Um, mine's a bit bulky so I can't exactly wear it with mine because it's got to be the size of your dog tag. So. But even on the ship I would have a totem of Odin in my rack that would just pull out every now and then to Invocations and stuff with just to keep the keep my practice going. People would see it, see my hammer, and ask me questions. And I guess I just got known as that heathen guy in my command because I even had people I didn't know from like new check-ins just coming. as like, what's your religion? <laughs> and it's just like, why? Like, because I was told you were heathen too. Oh yeah, Like that oh, cool. just started conversation. Now that I got the Big Vaseer and the Futhark tattooed on my arm makes it even more visible. So that now, even out in town, like go shopping at the mall or getting a burger or something like that, you got guys with the uh, Volknut ring from Grimfrost and are like, hey, what's up, brother? <laughs> like, nowhere out. I've never met them before or anything like that. Yeah. And so it's just really cool to know that there are dozens, maybe hundreds, thousands of us that we just don't know about. And it's really cool. So with um,
0: the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Thor is pretty popular in that and of course we know that Thor, that the Marvel Thor is just a fictional character and it's not supposed to be based on or uh, to be an actual telling of of our God, Thor, but um, do a lot of the folks on on your commands kind of bribe you a little bit or do they kind of come up and joke around and then when they find out that, hey, there really is a living, thriving practice of which the Thor is actually a part of it do they kind of like oh wow okay that's kind of cool or
2: or how does that work out with that yeah I'd say I got lucky Uh, we just got back from deployment a few months ago and while we were out uh, the Thor Ragnarok movie came out as well as the new Avengers movie and so when those came out I got a fresh slew of questions (laughs) from everyone pretty much in my immediate group and unfortunately I disappoint them all when I let them know that yes I do like the Marvel movie Thor. I'm more of a DC person, so I don't, I'm not the Marvel Thor subject matter expert, so to speak, because a lot of the questions they have is a lot of, well, what about this in the comic books? Like, I really don't know. I can tell you about the actual Thor, and so I do (laughs) tend to steer those questions to the actual Thor, and uh, Loki is another popular one they like to ask me questions about and stuff, and so I kind of was like, yeah, that was cool in the movie, but here's kind of this actual uh, stuff that's been documented about them, and in the readings and practices of the actual person so it's kind of more of another talking point that like people like to give with me they like to have those i look at it as more like a conversation starter yeah. um which i always like the questions i think they're fun and i laugh all around with them too because like do the marvel movies offend you it's like no it's a movie it's fun it's whatever but it doesn't influence how i practice on my actual religion side so yeah. to me it's just whatever it's just a movie i
0: but think like. thor and loki probably find them quite humorous too i would assume yeah. <laughs> so i would think so
2: i think they'd love to watch those but oh man yeah, those <laughs> movies
1: are uh, i gotta say i enjoy them too you know if i was ripped like chris hemsworth i'd be playing thor too (laughs) hopefully (laughs) (laughs) i got a little bit of both at my commands i was in japan especially you know they were joking around with me it's like so how's worshiping spider-man going (laughs) so (laughs) so i'm like yeah thor iron man yeah i know your gods (laughs) so yeah it's all in good humor so Yeah. yeah you gotta learn to joke with it but yeah
0: you do don't you especially
2: in the military in the navy there's everyone's got jokes and you just kind of you grow a very tough skin
1: you kind of learn to joke back it's all in good fun yeah just roll the punches even like with what Josh said like those movies are a good conversation starter mm-hmm. um just when thor ragnarok came out i made the joke that i'm religiously obligated to go see it <laughs> <laughs> And when it did, and they showed down the ship and all that, and I had a couple of buddies that were like, you know, how accurate is it to the Legends? I'm like, about as accurate as 300 is to actual history. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all good conversation starters.
0: And, it, it, and I, I agree. I think that's great, because one of the cool things about that as a conversation starter is you can actually really... They're familiar with this aspect of a character, a comic book character, and now you can really say, uh, now this is what he's really like, and this is what modern uh, people are learning about him now, and how he's interacting with us today. So it's actually really cool, mm-hmm. really cool way to do that. So one really interesting thing about you two, and it's interesting because we all know each other. We're connecting here in San Diego, and we get to be a part of a group together here in San Diego on land. Which I love, love having you guys a part of it and your families and things. It's awesome. But you want to become religious group leaders or lay leaders, as they're called in the military. And why do you want? Why do you guys want to do this? Rather than just being at your rack, a rack is a bunk on board ship, and being at your rack with maybe your little Thor figure or, or any other figures, and just privately doing stuff. Now you're kind of putting yourself really out there. And so, talk talk to us a little bit about why that's important and why you think that's such an important part of being aboard your commands.
2: Yeah, so lay leader from uh, everything I've been told and led to understand in my studies trying to become one. So for most religious practices, there's a chaplain in charge of that service. If there is a service that is uh, shown to be desired at a command, but there's not a chaplain to oversee it, then a representative from that faith can become what they call a lay leader to lead the services. Because, uh, for instance, like a, a Catholic priest might not learn how to do or might not know how to do a Jewish service. Jewish service chaplain's not going to know how to properly do probably like a Muslim service so to speak so it's a good way to if you're in a different faith that's not being represented at that command and you have a group of people that want to participate in those services to become that uh leader in that faith and lead those
1: services for everybody and so that's kind of like what the lay leader is i don't know yeah it's um it's just the way it sounds it's a layman outside of the clergy coming in and doing the services so it's like what josh says it's somebody that's not a chaplain that has other duties either in the military or is a civilian that comes in and performs the services. While you're in the military, however, they do try and seek out lay leaders that are civilians before they appoint a military lay leader. So, most of the time if military people want to become a lay leader, they're going to be doing it in on deployments or in isolated areas mm-hmm. where a kindred is not really set up very well. Yeah. So, um, that's just something to keep in mind. Um, not everybody is going to be able to get even the eligibility to be appointed lay leader, but you never know until you try and like seek it out, ask questions. Yeah, and this is so uh, it's what they
2: call kind of a collateral duty for us. So this would be outside our normal jobs that we do on a ship, something that we volunteer to put ourselves out there to do. And for me, it's just kind of a more of a passion trying to get word out there to be there for the people, because I wish that there was already a heathen service set up on my ship that I could just attend. There isn't one, so why not start one myself? So that way, if there are other heathens on my boat, we have the option to uh, worship together, get to know each other. I'm on a boat of 5,000 people when we go out to sea, so for me at least i think the odds out there that there may be one <laughs> or maybe two other people out there that we could do it um so for me it's just well no one else is starting this practice or this as, as far as i know is starting to try and work this out so why not try and get that process uh started here and hopefully get something set up so that's kind of where my driving factor was is it wasn't there for me so why not set it up for other people
0: and on larger commands the smaller the ship gets the more intimate the crew knows each other cross across their different job duties but on a big ship such as an aircraft carrier or like that, it's a little bit more insulated where you kind of just stick with your own group. Because even when I, when I was on board and I was on board a cruiser, I was like, man, all we did was we got up and we were 12 hours on, 12 hours off. And in between all that, we had to eat and clean our berthing and wash our clothes or do whatever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and that was, that's tough. You don't have a lot of time for socializing. And, and a religious opportunity to get together with people of a likewise faith is really very important because it brings people out of their, their different job duties into where you can actually start integrating And And so especially when you're on a like 5,000 person, it's not easy to find other people like that. So mm-hmm. this is a great way to do that
1: yeah um you'd be happy to know that none of that has changed we still got out <laughs> clean our rags eat and all that <laughs> we just happily take on the extra responsibility of setting up services at least once a week
0: so you're both on kind of the same path although um josh w you've been approved yeah uh, to be a LA lay leader which congratulations that's great
1: thank you i've um, done four services so far or the ship too um, most number of people I got at one single service was 11, about 17 different people awesome. that have come and gone through it. Yeah. So and really Josh good.
0: B, you're still working on
1: the process? Still working
2: on it. It's been a, uh, I could go on for several minutes about my journey so far, but we're still working on it. We're waiting for, like I said, we just came back from deployment, so we're kind of taking our rest period when we're in port. They don't really have religious services while we're in port because they figure people can go out in town and yeah. do that, so to speak. So as soon as we start going underway again, I'm going to start attacking this all over again. We've had a little bit of setbacks when I tried last time, but we're we're still continuing the good fight, as i like to say. Excellent, yeah. And yeah. you're finding
0: pretty much from the chaplaincy is a fairly positive support?
1: Um, well, for me, I had, as like I said earlier, it took me three chaplains in order to actually get approved really nobody's fault not a whole lot of animosity it was just a question of what the actual regulation states but details <laughs> right you know if it's not explicitly approved then it's not allowed yeah. as a military goes but this is a passion that i want to do i actually want to be chaplain one day so lay leader is definitely a step in the right direction for that so yeah, I've had a little bit
2: of resistance, it kind of goes back and forth depending on when, when I started the process. My heart already read up on some of the rules and some of the little snaggles that they like to throw at you, especially when I'm coming from more of a pagan faith. So I, in my first meeting with the office for the religious services, the chief at the time in the group, I sat down with him and it was kind of a, a back and forth. He would try to throw a little bit of a gotcha kind of moment where i would throw some, was like i've already got a plan for that kind of so to speak so with him it was the first thing you need to become a lay leader is to have the backing of a national organization or a group thinking that uh, like most pagan face they don't have that national organization to go with you and i said well i've got that it's kind of like i've got that. i'm good what next yeah. kind of thing um so he said well then you also need to show that you've got people and that there's enough interest on the ship to start the, the services so he said I would say that you need at least three or four people besides yourself that want to attend these services and you got to show that they want to attend before we start it and I threw a paper right in front of him It's like I've got seven right now uh, that if I've talked to and had all this stuff he's like okay well you need letters of recommendation to be able to do this and it's like I've got two ready to go from the Troth organization from the national organization that I have to have I've got two ready and it was kind of there was a lot of silence and sit back like okay, this guy knows what he's talking yeah, about a little bit. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's not the one who gets to make the approval. He was all for the idea of having it. Um, he, all, he also said that if I can get books, he would try to either let people donate the books to the ship for oh, really? the religious section in the library. Okay. He also had me get him a selection of small books that we could possibly order. Um, I gave him that list oh, several months ago. I'm not sure quite sure where it's at right now, but I have had books donated to me that as soon as we start going out away, or going out underway again, um, I'm going to take a a good stack of books and say these have been donated to me, to you, for the ship's purposes. So here you go. Put them in your library kind of stuff, which was a good step in the right direction. Unfortunately, like I said, he wasn't the one that got to make the decision. That has to be approved through the chaplain. He was kind of the enlisted side of the buffer between me and the chaplain. And so uh, we went several weeks while we're trying to set up a time to meet with the chaplain which didn't happen, and then uh, we finally got an appointment about two months later after me constantly emailing him every two or three days, hey, where are we at here? I was kind of that annoying tick on the wall, just like, hey, let's go. We're still out here in the middle of the ocean. Let's do something here. But unfortunately, the week before I was supposed to have my sit down with the command chaplain, since I'm part of the command, I'm not uh, an attachment to the ship. I'm part of the ship. He's the one I had to go through, according to my chain of command. There was an incident. He had to get flown off the boat. He's safe, but he had to get flown off, so I wasn't able to have that meeting, and uh, we didn't get a replacement for him until, I believe, just a couple weeks ago when we were already back, so it kind of put a a hard stop on anything, because none of the... We had other chaplains, but they were part of detachments and air wings, and on my command said it had to be our command chaplain that did it, so a little bit of a pause, but we're still gearing up to keep that going, so... Let's
0: hope it doesn't... The new chaplain won't throw you all the way back to square one, but if he does... You've got all you need. Yeah. That is true. We're lined up. <laughs> yeah. We're ready.
1: Yeah. yeah, that would be a good time to talk about like what exactly would be needed for um, late leader as well. So you would need, um, first off, let your chain of command know that this is what I'm planning to do. Just uh, way they're not like caught off guard when you wrap the paperwork up. So you need the RO is what they like to call it, religious organization letter of recommendation. Um, you would need the actual endorsement letter from your command as well, saying like he's in good um, yeah. faith with the uh, command, like he's not gone in trouble. He's he's.
2: You're not waxing floors with toothbrushes. It, exactly. <laughs> you know? Not on bread and water in the brig somewhere. <laughs> right.
1: That's the other thing. You can't have a DRB on your record, so you have to have a clean slate. Um, so once you route that and you have to get the lay leader training from the chaplains which for me I got really by chance it was when we were on the ship my OPO just happened to um, catch it during a pass down meeting at one point point. it's like and if anybody wants to become a lay leader whatever that is like trainings <laughs> at this time I'm like hey, uh, can, I, can I get an hour off to go do <laughs> wow. to go do that so that's where I got the training. I got to talk with the chaplain. Yeah, for me the back and forth came up from like, well, what do you want to be later? Like, cause I want to be chaplain one day, and this is a great place to start. And I really want to bring heathenry to recognition. And it's like, well, in order to be a chaplain, you need to get your master's of divinity. And like, I don't think they have that for pagan. Like, no, but the school offers it non-denominational. It's like, yeah, that'll work. Um, <laughs> Uh, you need a religious organization I'm like well the troth has a clergy already set up they have their their different requirements for the clergy that have to keep in touch with uh, elders and all that he's like yeah you might be the first heathen late on oh, chaplain <laughs> so yeah josh yeah. you want to possibly pursue that too
0: or not
2: i think it would be a great avenue for me i would love to be able to do that um i haven't done as much research as josh w has for that path but I think would be an amazing thing to happen I think it will happen soon. Uh the military is right now approving uh more and more faiths to be added um to be recognized I should speak in the military. I believe navy is the only one right now where heathenry mm-hmm. is not. Uh just in the last year, I want to say it was the Marines and the army just got approved. Air Force has had it for a long time. Air
1: Force has had heathenry um and also True. The army had Troth as a religious code. Oh, interesting. That was, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Josh from Open Halls.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, he's He has a story where he tried to get that into the army's religious code, but since he went through the Troth, they took that as the actual religious name oh. instead of the organization name oh, and okay. put it as that. So, Troth, alsatru, and Heathenry are now in the expansion as of March of 2017. Um, unfortunately, with how much bureaucracy and red tape is in the na- in the military in general marines just recently in the last few months just incorporated um air force is incorporated the troth army's already done it Navy's just they're uh they're lagging behind but <laughs> It'll it's only a yeah, matter it sh- of time.
2: It should come soon. with uh, The Marines are a Department of the Navy, so I think the structure's pretty similar. So with them getting approved, we should have it pretty soon. Where And like you said, there's I know there 60 different codes for different faiths, but I believe Asatru, Heathenry, Troth was on there, so
1: it helps kind of narrow it down. And, they added okay. over 100. Yeah, so That's awesome. Wiccan has actually gotten expanded to so like different denominations oh, of really? Wiccan. Interesting. They added Druid. Yes. They even added Humanist. Okay. As well. So it's very exciting. Um, so once that hits, we'd be able to get chaplains within the Navy. But as of right now, we can still go through the Army and the Air Force. So yeah, that's great. always options.
2: Yeah.
0: So, Josh B, you mentioned that your ship has a library. And I know that most ships have a library of some sort. Yes. Uh, it's very important. I'm kind of surprised given the e book culture that we're in and the online stuff that there's actually still a library or still a room dedicated to actual books. So tell me, you you two, uh, being in the military and being heathen and knowing a lot of folks that are just learning or just starting out, what are a couple of resources that you think are probably the most essential for a shipboard library that, and then maybe that some of our listeners might be able to find some folks, and I know Open Hall is always sending books mm-hmm. out, but What are a couple of things that you or books that you guys really think you know what this is essential in a shipboard library for for heathenry
2: i'd say the two that come to mind are the pocket sized hava that we have which is what i have to donate to the library um those are really really great because it's just like any other pocket-sized religious text that people can just take they Mm -hmm. literally fit in a pocket you can take it anywhere with you and just read when you get a chance i would say the other big one that has really helped me was the uh, book Words for Warriors mm-hmm. uh, was extremely helpful. That's by um, Diana Paxson, right? Yes, yep. mm-hmm. and an amazing author. Love that book. I still reference it. I think I bought that three years ago when I first started heathenry, okay. and I still read it yeah. all the time.
1: Um, took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say Words for Warriors was one of mine. The other ones I would recommend maybe would be Essential Alsatru and Practical Just... Heathens Guide as well. Mm-hmm. Um, by Diana Paxton and Patricia LaFeville. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. respectively. So, I uh, apologize for butchering the name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's probably used to it by now. And, yeah. and I'll have uh, those books listed in our notes. And definitely, um, and I think The Troth is a publisher of the Pocket Hava Mall. Or
2: mm-hmm. Yes, I believe I got my copy yeah. through them. And
0: yeah. uh, that's awesome. And the, and the Troth is actually doing a lot of translations and texts and putting a lot of material out there, which is really awesome. And then we've got, of course, uh, the Practical Guide and Essential Last True, uh, which is available on Amazon. Anyone can order that. And so when, if books were donated to the library, I mean, you probably only have room for maybe a couple of copies. So uh, what would be a good way for folks to be able to donate, maybe through... Um, The Troth military organization, or program, or through open halls, or if they happen to just know a military person, say, "Hey, do you need these copies?" Or what do you think is maybe the best way that we could get those copies aboard ships?
1: Well, I was talking to Lisa Morganston, and -hmm. she was saying they have a buy one donate one type of program going on. So that's one resource. Probably go through. Yep. That's
2: awesome. Yeah, I'd say if you know somebody in the military who is heathen and wants to make that donation for you, um, obviously that person can work as a middleman between them and the command. The command might know them more, so uh, it might be a little more easier to just have a person walk in and say, Hey, these were donated to me. I would like to, or these were given to me to donate to the ship. I'd like to put these on here. Mm -hmm. Um, I know of some organizations uh, for other faiths will just mail stuff to the ship directly which is always an option finding the ship's address can be a pain sometimes but (laughs) if you know it there's an option there but um, after the troth or open halls would be a great resource to make donations for especially for deployed uh, sailors and soldiers Uh, they work really well for for and just as a side note because i know about
0: um, mailing stuff if you're mailing to a service member overseas who is deployed overseas, be sure that you always include the customs form, declarations forms, on the outside of the, the package, because that they need that to get into their, the foreign
2: countries that the mail is going to pass through.
0: So.
2: Yes, and mail it early. It yeah. takes a long time for mail to come in. Uh, so he mentioned her a little earlier. I got a wonderful care package from uh, Lisa mm-hmm. Morgenstern, and uh, it was amazing. Loved the care package. I got it two days after we hit, got home from deployment, <laughs> so it was a little, little, uh, little late for us. But I had snacks for when I was still had to go to work every day, and yeah. I absolutely loved it. It was
1: amazing. Yeah, and the ship is always open to donations, as the chaplain that approved me said. Like they're they're forced to be kind of frugal with their funding, so unfortunately they're not able to buy everything that we need. So they're always looking for donations too. If everybody's willing to pitch in exactly
0: and but mail was big for for me when I was on board ship because we didn't have internet access we couldn't email we couldn't surf the internet or call our families as often we had what we called Mars stations I don't know if they still have them anymore but boy that was that was that a challenge and we only got like maybe a minute because there was 300 other guys that wanted to call their families too Mm -hmm. Uh, so mail is probably still important mail early and realize that once the postal service gives it to the military po then it's got to go on board planes and they've got to wait to find the right time to get it to that ship and that person and uh, it's very efficient it just takes mm-hmm. a while it does take Still some time take a while.
2: i would say even now sailors, sailors and soldiers love getting letters not even just care packages some of my favorite stuff that i got or received from the mail is just letters that people took the time to hand write out oh, or wow. even type out if they have bad handwriting because i have bad handwriting i understand but letters for me were a big deal um, my wife would message me on facebook all the time when we had connection but when she sent me a letter that felt more personal and just awesome i got letters from many people family uh, kindred members it was letters are amazing to military
1: people Excellent. yeah you can always read the letters when your are uh, internet's down and all that just mm-hmm. you know get you through the hard times now nah, mail call is still a really exciting time wow good to hear that yeah that's great everyone rushes
2: down to the common area when they have mail calls so
0: that's super yeah it was meant a lot even even the cookies that arrived as nothing but crumbs were still amazing yes
1: (laughs) or the uh the banana bread some people would bake and start getting mold on top just like cut the top off slice it off and eat it (laughs) after that it still tastes better than probably anything on the boat so (laughs) that's true oh by far yes
0: See, we, we've talked about uh, all kinds of stuff, and one of the things we talked about was the service. So how does a service look on board a ship? I mean, you're probably very limited in time because when you're deployed, it's 24-7. You just don't take a break for the weekend, and there's no time off, no days off and stuff. I mean, the ship's got to run, and the only way to run is by everyone doing their job, and so it's 24-7. So taking the time out to do religious service is very, also very important because it feeds our, our spiritual soul and our minds and our, our need for meeting other folks. So what does a typical service, or you know, we're using service because that's what the military likes to use to keep everything kind of consistent and everyone understands what it means, but for like a ritual or blow which, while you're deployed, what kind of does that look like?
1: So you have to get kind of creative. Obviously, you can't pour... Uh, Meat onto the ground because you know you would have to mop it up later on. (laughs) So I actually used apple juice from the enlisted galley, which was either tasted like uh, a little sweetened water or just straight syrup sometimes. So that was kind of hit and miss. And then, even then, when we poured some out during the offerings, I would have to like take it out to hatchway that led outside and pour it overboard as kind of like that way you just gotta make do you get the space reserved for you once a week mm-hmm. and a lot of bloats and gatherings that I know of are like once a month once every two months so you have to get creative with what you're gonna do to fill that time whether it be a full blown bloat or you just wanna sit back and take a bowl or um, we did a guided meditation for one of ours as well Cool. And even then, with the r- rituals, invocations, whatever, taking about sometimes as short as 10 minutes, you're given an hour for that space to have your own. So I was using it as almost kindred building just to sit there and have a discussion. A lot of times it was just a and a session with them, like asking, well, what about this guy? What about that guy? Other times it was like, yeah, this is what brought me here. And you actually start getting... A community building time That's awesome. for yourself. It starts getting a bit more personal. You start knowing each other by first name, just even in the P Ways. Mm-hmm. So, P Way means passageway? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Not allowed to call it a hallway. You do find yourself getting really informal, even among that. So it does kind of start becoming a surrogate family, even the short time that we did on our ship yeah
2: and each each command is going to be a little bit different so um part of the package that i was given because lisa morgenstern know that knew that i was trying to do this lay leader stuff and so part of the donation donation that she made for the ship we on my boat and each command is going to be different but we can't have open flames anywhere so um to get away with that or around that she sent a bunch of electronic candles yeah to kind of give us that representation so to speak um like i said we're kind of on pause for that right now but i do have that for donation for the ship later which will be used for me personally whereas more practicing myself i'm in security so if and i'm the mean guy out there the military police person with the vest and the gun kind of stuff so i can really go almost anywhere i want where i didn't have a service set up for a space um, i could go right by the skin of the ship kind of on the outskirts where the waves are and so i would often a couple times a week just kind of go out there to listen to the waves kind of do like a little internal meditation I would always wrap up some some bacon for with uh, on my way out and just make little offerings out into the ocean kind of throwing some food over just so that some creatures can uh, enjoy it as part Absolutely. of an offering there. Some of the whites some of the whites can really enjoy that and uh, for me that's kind of how I operated was uh, just a lot of internal study. When you're on a boat you're not allowed to and you're not a lead leader. You're not allowed to lead services or prophesy to other people, I think is the wording that they used for me. So when people ask me questions, I couldn't turn that into a service. It had to be just a Q&A a a kind of thing. But I kind of was like, here's how I think or how I'm not leading that away from like, here's what we're doing. And this is what the way it is kind of stuff. But when we were trying to set up the service, the enlisted leader that was kind of talking with me, we were bouncing back and forth a couple ideas uh, because uh, bloats are, typically around once or twice a month kind of thing, depending on the month. He wanted to see a weekly service, so it would become kind of my job to lead a discussion on weeks where we don't have a ritual going on. I was mm-hmm. like, well, why not talk about these gods or the giants or this world? And he you kind of just giving me ideas, like, because he knew a little bit about Norse mythology himself just from his own childhood readings and stuff. So that's kind of where we were. I was trying to lead kind of just a, a discussion group amongst different things, share ideas and yeah. things that were taught in the writings and stuff to kind of lead a service that
1: way or even just say have a Havamal reading just go through a couple mm-hmm. of stanzas like so what do you guys think how's what do you guys think that this means what does it mean to you kind of deal so
0: yeah absolutely th- those are great ways and then mm-hmm. for if you have a lot of folks that are kind of new to heathen or I mean, going through essential true or words
2: for warriors mm-hmm. would be great studies topical topical studies yeah and like i said many of the people who said they were interested in me starting the lay leader program who would go to the services would have been new people that really don't know anything or haven't seen anything more than the marvel movies so that was a great you know that would have been a great way to kind of get that process going help their own understanding and learning going
0: Mm -hmm. we'll get it going we'll get it
2: you'll get it josh (laughs) i have a
0: question so going out to sea very important when you travel or when, when we're going out there, um, you've talked about the gods and goddesses. Who do you like to work with and make sure that they're happy with you when you're out to sea? And Josh, you've got a great story from your last deployment when you were leaving about Ran and you know wanting to make sure Ran was happy. because. <laughs> yes, so
2: before I left, we held a, a, a kindred kind of a deployment ritual, so to speak. So uh, we all brought everyone together and I was given some amazing gold from one of our lovely kindred me mean- members out here and to appease ran just to make sure i don't end up in her halls on deployment <laughs> so the day we left i typically work nights so for me i stayed up until we were leaving because we left early in the morning so for me it was if you equivalent the time for normal people it's probably like two in the morning but it was really like eight in the morning kind of deal mm-hmm. as we were leaving san diego i stood on the very back of the ship called the fantail kind of did my own little invocation just let her know hey we're gonna be out here for a little while help me not end up where you are appreciate you all you doing all that stuff but would rather not would rather make it home safe and uh so drop that offering that was donated to me to make on the back of the ship which was an amazing feeling very very connecting Mm -hmm. uh for them as far as gods that i work with a lot i would say on deployment i worked a lot with njord and nihilenya a lot i had their depictions either on my person or on my rack at all times, along with a depiction of Ren and Agar and the Nine Waves, their daughters, had their pictures on my rack so I could kind of see them every single day, knowing that I'm on the ocean so these are the ones that are Mm -hmm. kind of in charge of the area. In my outside of deployment life I work a lot with, like I said, I'm a security forces so I work a lot with Tyr for the justice side of things, the right action because I try to make sure I'm doing the right thing and leading that uh, justice side of things I also work a lot with Frey as well he's kind of one that's taken me and screaming by the hair, so <laughs> I worked a lot with him as well. So, Josh W.
1: Yeah, so Azir, Ron, Nord are always the ones that I look forward to um, when we're out to sea. And even this past time we were on the ship, we had an unfortunate incident where we did a moment of silence for one of our services at the beginning and did an invocation to Ron. So, it does hit you least expected, so like it really does ground you. That you do like respect for the gods, and like these gods are do work themselves into your daily life. And even then, when you're on the ship doing like combat evolutions and everything like that, even leading up to deployment tier, just for that, try and get the bravery and the resiliency to just get the mission done outside of the ship in my daily life. For me, I work a lot with Odin. Just for the wisdom, like, cause it was the pursuit of knowledge and wisdom that got me to mm-hmm. heathenry. Yeah. So I feel that tug towards him, and it's the wisdom that's trying to get me to go towards chaplaincy as well. Trying to learn all I can, just to be the best that I can be, not only for the religious side of it, but to also on the counseling side to help people out. And yeah. I can right. talk on and on about it. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: gentlemen. I really appreciate that you took the time out of your schedules and away from your families to sit here with me, and we're all crowded around one microphone. <laughs> and it's 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 great because I think I've known Josh B for two years and Josh W for a year now, right? Right, yep. a year and a half, yeah. about like that. Really appreciate you both, and I appreciate your your time in the military. I love getting to know your your families, and and I'm glad that we're together in this kindred here on land. So. Glad to be a part of that. Any other things you want to think about? Any last minute stuff?
2: I think we hit anything. I would like to just say thanks for having us on here and giving us the chance to kind of tell our stories and stuff. And
1: being on here is great. Yeah, same here. If anybody listening does pursue lay leader and get the opportunity to don't mind the humble beginnings. You may not get people in the, your own kindred to come at first, but don't mind that. Time, um, Things will work out. Things will come along. So be, get it
0: be consistent and, pers- and pursue it right yeah. so mm-hmm. thanks a lot we really appreciate it I was going to do some great quote from fair winds and sails and stuff but I've left my head, So I don't know fair winds and following seas fair winds and following seas anchors want- away all that so, <laughs> shall we all rust up in the song or uh, or all right, right, <laughs> <yet>. please people <laughs> no. don't want to hear me sing no. so. I will <laughs> spare everybody <laughs> <that>. well <laughs> me too so we're all in accordance <laughs> there guys thanks again for coming I do appreciate it Thank you. Follow me on Twitter at Weird Gifts. Like my Facebook page at Gifts of the Weird. Send me an email with ideas for topics or maybe some heathen musicians or guests that you think might be interesting to listen to on the podcast. Gifts of the Weird at gmail.com. Check out the show notes for links. Thank you and hail the gods.